right, if you would, go ahead and open your Bibles to Acts chapter 9. This place is Acts. He's going to kill me later, but he told me this morning he was scared slap to death. So let's break on his For those of you who don't know me, he's a student at the seminary and a dedicated man of God, but, but it's kind of intimidating sometimes. He said, this is only my second Sunday morning. So let me pray for him. Father God, I thank you for, so much for this young man's life. I thank you for his giving himself to you. I thank you for the hard study that he's doing in your service. I thank you for his relinquishing control in spite of the fact that he was apprehensive this morning. He's here, and he has your word for us. Open our hearts and uh, make him be a little more comfortable. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Thank you, Peggy. Um, well, if that's going to start off my sermon, we're off to a good start. Um, so we're going to be in chapter 9, but something that I want to do first is, y'all, you noticed on your uh, worship guide today, it doesn't have anything underneath the sermon notes. And so I want to give you people who like to write down stuff during the sermon an opportunity to fill in some blanks during the sermon. So go ahead and write one, the number one, and then write, we must be, and then write a line for the blank to make disciples. Okay? We must be blank to make disciples. And then write number two, we must blank from the church to make disciples. You see a pattern going on here, okay? Number two is we must blank from the church to make disciples. And then number three is, we will be blank by the Holy Spirit to do amazing things. We will be blank by the Holy Spirit to do amazing things. And this will give you an opportunity to, to keep track of where we're going throughout the sermon and, uh, and write in these blanks and write out some ideas and maybe some scripture that go along with these points. Uh, obviously in chapter 9... The title of it, if you look in your Bible, it talks about the conversion of Saul. And that is the major gist of chapter 9. But today I wanted to talk more about how Paul got converted and what our role is in, as the church and as disciples in this conversion process. Because uh, Saul is just like any other person out there. And he needed somebody who was a disciple to step into his life and share Jesus Christ with him in order for him to, to be saved. And so we're going to look at Ananias, okay? And just, uh, just an upfront fact, Saul is the same person as Paul, okay? So when we say Saul here, we're not talking about Saul of the Old Testament. We're talking about Paul of the New Testament. Uh, the reason that he had two separate names is because Saul was born a Jew. He was born a Hebrew, Okay, and so Saul is a Hebrew name, but his father was Roman citizen. And so you would also have a Roman name, and his Roman name would be Paul. So he would be either Saul or Paul. And later on in Acts, we find out that his name gets changed to Paul more often because he starts doing ministry to the Gentiles, which are the Roman citizens and those, those who aren't Hebrew and Jewish. So that's why his name gets changed. But when I say Saul, we're still talking about Paul. And I, even might, I might even confuse it sometimes. I may say Paul uh, without saying Saul. But we're going to look at Ananias, okay? Because Ananias was important 
in Saul's conversion. Now, this isn't the Ananias that we talked a couple weeks ago about, Ananias and Sapphira, where they held back money of the land that they sold. This is a different Ananias, okay? Uh, and we'll see that here as we go into here. This was, this was a disciple of, uh, of Jesus Christ. So let's go ahead and reach Acts chapter 9, 1 through 19. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus. So if that he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as, it, now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight at the house of Judas. Look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must, must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized. Taking food, he was strengthened. Father, we just, we just want to thank you for your holy word, Lord, and, and what it teaches us about being uh, better people individually, but also being better, uh, a better church corporately. And uh, as we open your word today, God, I pray that your word will just speak to us and teach us things that that we can implement in our lives to become better disciples. Lord, teach us how we can humble ourselves and fill us more with your Holy Spirit so that we can do the works that you have called us to do. Lord, we thank you so much. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. When the church is focused on its mission, then amazing things happen. When our church is making disciples through the Holy Spirit, then we are fulfilling God's purpose. We must be prepared to make disciples. I'll repeat that. We must be prepared to make disciples. In verse 10, it says, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, 
Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. Ananias was ready for the Lord to speak to him. If he wasn't ready, he would have been like, Who's, who is this? What's going on? I don't understand this. But instead, what does he say? He says, here I am, Lord. Basically, here I am. Use me. I'm ready. I've been waiting for this moment. And so Ananias was prepared in his dealings. I don't know if y'all remember the story about Abraham and his son. When God called him to go sacrifice his son, the very first thing God said was, Abraham. And Abraham answered with, here I am, Lord. Abraham was ready. Now, he didn't know what he was going to have to do, but he was ready to listen to God. Same thing with Samuel. Samuel didn't know what he, was, what he had to do, but as a little boy, God called him. He said, Samuel. And Samuel said, here I am, Lord. And as we know through the Scripture, Samuel became this prophet that spoke words of wisdom to many people. And in the same way, we must always be ready for the calling of God. You don't have to turn here, but in John 10, 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So when Ananias heard Jesus saying, Ananias, he knew it was Jesus. It wasn't some obscure voice that he's never heard before. And part of the reason of that is, is because Ananias was a disciple. And so if we aren't prepared to make disciples, when the time comes, we will not fulfill God's will. We have to be prepared. I want you guys just to sit for a second. I don't, need, I don't want anybody to yell out loud, okay? I don't want you to embarrass yourself because I would embarrass myself if I did this. But I just want you to sit and think and ask yourself, how many disciples have I made? Just ask yourself that. How, over my whole entire life, how many disciples have I made? And when we let that sink in, I think we can all agree that to all of us, that's, that's not as much as we wanted to, right? And so we have to be prepared when Jesus calls us to go make disciples or to lead us into doing things. So, so we have to do this. Now, how do we get prepared? Well, thing number one is Ananias was a disciple. So the very first thing you have to do is you have to become a disciple. So if you're not following Christ, you have to choose to follow him. You have to put your faith in Jesus. The Bible says, believe in the gospel story and repent from your sins. That's, that's step number one. But after that, Christianity, becoming a disciple and being a Christian, starts this long journey. So we have to start implementing other things in our life, like daily Bible reading. How did Ananias know that that was Jesus talking to him? Well, he read the Bible. Another thing is praying. You know, a lot of times when we pray, we, we say things, but we don't ever take the time to listen to God. We need to take the time to listen to God. Worship and fellowship with other believers. That's how we, you know, God actually uses people, other people, to speak into our lives sometimes. And so we have to recognize that and, and put that into our lives. Another thing that we have to do is confess our sins, not only to God, but to other people. Um, I know it's easy sometimes maybe to confess your sin to God because it's just you and God together. 
and it's, sometimes it's hard to confess our sins to other people. But the Bible says that if you, can set, if you confess your sins to one another, you will be healed. Fasting is another thing that we need to implement in our lives. A lot of times we think fasting is something that we, oh, we take away something just so we don't do it anymore because that's a bad thing that we do. You know, like we watch too much TV. We don't need to do that anymore. And so we're going to fast from that. But that's not necessarily true. The biblical point of fasting is putting away that TV time and replacing it with time with God. That was the point of fasting. Another thing is humbling ourselves. We have to humble ourselves. How, how do we expect the Spirit to work through us when we're working through our own selves? Instead, we need to deny ourselves and allow the Spirit to work through us. And there's many more spiritual disciplines. But all of these things Ananias had implemented in his life. So on that moment when Jesus came and said, Ananias, he knew this is my time. And he was ready for it. So we must be prepared to make disciples. Number two, we must go out from the church to make disciples. Acts 9, through, uh, Acts 9 11 through, through 17, it says, And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. At the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name, carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So, God didn't tell Ananias, hey, why don't you go next door to your, to your friend's house and lay your hands on him? No, what he did is he said, go to a street. He called Ananias to go somewhere. And just like Owen was talking with us last week, when we are scattered... And we are forced, sometimes we're forced to go places. But sometimes we need to take initiative to go places so that we don't have to be forced when that time comes. But when we are scattered, the church becomes happy. The church becomes joyful. And so not only does the church become joyful when we go out, but in order to make disciples, we must go out. There's no way other than going out. And so God called Ananias to leave his comfort zone. Now, I know, you know, for some of us, waking up in the morning is a hard thing to do, you know, but we got to do it. Uh, some of us have huge families, you know, where the kids are just a ruckus in the morning time, and it's hard to get everything together, but we've got to plan around that and get it going. There's many life challenges that come our way that we have to meet head on and be prepared for that moment. But also, I want to bring point to the fact that Ananias wasn't completely sold on what Jesus had told him. Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. So like, Jesus told Ananias to go, and instead of him just going, he was like asking questions, right? And I think this shows a little bit of Ananias' humanity. I mean, 
you know, we ask questions sometimes. Well, God, is that really what you want me to do? Are you really telling me to do this? And I think that's perfectly fine. Um, And that should comfort us in knowing that nobody's perfect. And so take comfort in the fact that Ananias wasn't perfect. He was human just like all of us. But he was doing the best he could to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. So if we don't leave our comfort zone, we will never complete God's will. I mean, that's a fact. If we don't go out and do what God's calling us to do, then we will never complete God's will. Not only that, we'll never be happy. I wonder, when we talk about Saul, like we, we read last week a little bit about Saul, how when Stephen got stoned, they laid the garments at Saul's feet, and then Saul, Saul, um, Saul let Stephen get stoned. Like Saul was along with it. He agreed. And Saul actually now in this chapter is going to Damascus getting notes to go out and get more Christians to bring them back in chains and hopefully execute them. And I wonder, if Saul was here today, would he even step foot in this church? I mean, if he would, it wouldn't be to worship, would it? And so, Saul needed somebody that was going to go out and reach him. And so God called Ananias to do that. So how do, we, how do we go out? How do we leave our comfort zone? Well, I mean, it's hard. It's not easy. I mean, you know, nobody wants to go and just make conversation with a stranger sometimes. Uh, I know, as Peggy said earlier, I don't really want to be up here in front of all you guys. I mean, it makes me nervous. But, you know, there's a reason behind this, and it's intentional. We have to be intentional about what we're doing. We have to be intentional about making disciples. When I speak to somebody, it's not just because I just want to say hello. It's because, hey, I care about that person, and I want to see them grow deeper in Christ. Because when they grow deeper in Christ, guess what's going to happen? They're going to become happier. They're going to become fulfilled. They're going to, feel, they're going to find purpose in what they're doing with their lives. And so, we have to be intentional about what we're doing. Number three, when we are prepared and we go out from the church, we will be used by the Holy Spirit to do amazing things. Acts nine seventeen through 19 says, So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul... The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. God not only used Ananias to lead Saul to Christ, but also to heal Saul. And the only way Ananias was able to heal Saul was through the Holy Spirit. And that is what we need to have inside of us in order to lead people to Christ. 
Only through the Holy Spirit can we make disciples. I'm going to go ahead and turn to Luke 5, 1 through 8. You don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read this out loud real quick. In Luke's gospel, he says, On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gessenaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out from them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down my nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come help them. And when they came and filled both boats, and wait, excuse me, and they came and filled both of the boats, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down to his knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am sinful. I am a sinful man, O Lord. Well, we see here that at Jesus' word, they obeyed, right? Cast your nets into the deep. And they did it. Now, they probably had a little bit of doubt, like, man, this ain't going to work. You know, this guy don't know what he's doing. But they did it. They listened to him. And then all of a sudden fish like they've never seen before filling two separate boats were being caught by him well just like this story Ananias obeyed God and he came in and laid his hands on Saul and Saul was healed and from Saul's eyes scales fell off and Saul began to see and Saul is a very important person in the New Testament. Much of our theology that we get comes from Saul, from the epistles that he wrote. And God says in, in Acts 9 that he's going to use Saul. He's a chosen instrument. Just imagine if Ananias wouldn't have obeyed God. Where would, where would we be today? But also, where would Christianity be in general? So it's very important that, that when God tells us to do something, that we're ready. It's very important that we go out to those people that need us. And only through those can we work the Holy Spirit to do amazing things. So we have to be obedient. We have to practice spiritual disciplines in our lives and allowing other people and teaching other people and leading them along to grow as disciples. One of the cool things I like to ask people is, what's your next step? Where, where do you see God leading you next? Because that gets people thinking about the future and where they're going to be going. Because for many of us, the past is filled with all kind of bad things. And Christ gives us a new day. And so allow us to be focused on that.
and to think about where our next step in Christ is. So I'm going to go ahead and get Corey, or uh, no, you're going to be playing, right? Okay, so Peggy's going to come on up here. Um, we're going to do an invitation, but I want to invite those of you who maybe have never accepted Christ as Savior to come do it now. Um, but also people who have accepted Christ. If you need prayer, if you need someone to pray with you, I will be here uh, to pray with you. Um, maybe perhaps we can get somebody in the balcony up here to, um, to be available. And also if you're, if you're not a member here and you want to become a member, come forward and tell me about it. We can do that. Um, but if, if there's anything you want to pray about or talk about, I will be here uh, during this time.